Welcome to Eden Speaks. Our prayer for this podcast is that this can be a place of openness, grace, honesty, and connection with our sisters in Christ and any brothers out there who are tuning in. While this podcast is in connection to our women's ministry at Living Word in Oak Harbor, Washington, we welcome everyone that is looking for real Christ-centered conversations. Some of these conversations may be hard and emotional, stirring up parts of us that we would prefer to keep hidden and protected. Ephesians 5.13 says, But everything exposed by the light becomes visible, and everything that is illuminated becomes a light. Let us be that light to one another. Let's take a step outside of our comfort zone. Let's trust Jesus to show us how to give grace and hope to others, and also put us in a posture to receive it as we engage in a journey of growth. Let's speak the truth of God's word. Let's always speak love. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Eden Speaks, a place of hope, encouragement, and grace. I'm Amy. And I'm Shannon. Welcome back. Welcome back. And as promised, is Enneagram Month. Yeah. We are doing three episodes on the Enneagram. Um, we're excited about that. And today's episode is all about Enneagram basics. We're basically just kind of doing a Enneagram 101, a synopsis, however you want to, whatever you want to call it, we're going to do our best to sort of give you all the parts to what makes the Enneagram what we think is so great, right? Right. Right. I love the Enneagram. It's so great. I want to talk to everybody about the Enneagram. I know. I I have my whole family. Yes. (laughs) Doing the Enneagram. (laughs) So true. And that's part of why we're doing it in December, because we know we'll be talking to family members a lot. And probably doing a lot of on the phone or Zoom, probably a little less in person, but mm-hmm. um, maybe you guys could do a little Enneagram chat and start talking about it. Um, it's just so powerful in regards to relationships. Oh, yeah. Not only just knowing yourself, but knowing and understanding the other, whoever that other would be. It can be your sister. It can be your husband. <laughs> it can be your kid. Anybody. Right? Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Your mom. Your mom. We're going to do our moms. We're going we to have our moms on. We are. Our next episode. That's going to yep. be so exciting. The we'll talk about that at the end a little bit um, to get you prepped for that. So we are just super excited. Um, so I feel like lots. I'm sure lots of you guys know um, different kind of personality typing systems, right? And what yep. are some of the basics like or some of the typical ones? I think the most common one that people know is Myers-Briggs. Right. Um, you know, with the letters like the J and the I'm not even yeah. super familiar introvert, with it. Extrovert, and yeah, introvert, extrovert. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't even remember what all of them are. Mm-hmm. Um, I've done it. <laughs> yeah, I know. I <laughs> but don't, I don't remember. Yeah, I don't remember what my what my results were. It was a while ago that I yeah. I did. I think I was. It was like part of a one of my assignments for when I was in school. Yeah, was I had to do it. Yeah, um, and it, I mean it was it was accurate. Mm-hmm. I felt like it was accurate. I was like, yeah, mm-hmm. I feel like that describes me pretty well. Yeah. I think that the um, the underlying, the motivating behaviors. I think it's, it's the Enneagram is just different in that it's not so much what we do. Like I do these things. So this is where my personality falls. It's those underlying fears that we have that like really push us into responding in certain ways and having certain, you know, whether it's defense mechanisms or just responses, um, you know, that narrative that we have in our head. Mm-hmm. I think it just really, it goes for me so much deeper Yeah. into more than just, this is 
what I do. It's more like the why. Yeah, why absolutely. do I do that? Yep. And I think I that's so that. powerful. Yeah. I was like, I want to interrupt her. But if she doesn't say why, I'm going to say why. Yes. It is the why behind the what. Yep. For sure. It's yeah. the why. And that's why it's kind of really important. I mean, there are ways to figure out what your Enneagram type is. Mm -hmm. um, there's testing, obviously. Yep. But we feel pretty strongly that testing is okay. But the best way is to read about it mm -hmm. because um, there might be a, in your test, there might be something that comes up that will be really deeply connected to what you do, mm -hmm. but it doesn't go to the core root of why you do it. And so that's why it's really important when you read and you go through the different types. Some of them, when you read through, you'll definitely eliminate pretty quickly because yeah. you're like, I know I'm not that, mm -hmm. but the motive about why you do what you do is actually is the kicker. It's yeah. the thing that like will solidify you and help you really decide that's what I am because I know that the reason that I do that is because of this, which by the way, nobody can see. So that's the other thing about Enneagram. It's really important not to type someone else. Mm -hmm. um, it's really tempting to be like, oh, I wonder, you must be a blah. Yeah. You must be a seven because, you know, I don't know, you like to throw parties. Yeah. Well, you're super fun and yeah, spontaneous. Yeah. So, but that's not fair because we, we literally, no matter what, no matter what we see on the outside, we can never know anyone's motives without asking them and they mm -hmm. might not even know it. Like it right. may take a while. So in yeah. fact, we do, one of our episodes is going to be on mistyping. Mm -hmm. Um, and you can easily be mistyped with this mm -hmm. too. Um, because maybe it took you a while to figure out exactly you know, what your motives really are. Mm -hmm. And if you're asleep, if you're asleep, if you... Hashtag nines. Yeah. <laughs> if you're dormant, if the area inside of you, the reason why you do stuff, um, your motives is dormant, it mm -hmm. will take a minute to yeah. figure that out. Yeah. So... It took me a minute to figure out sure. what mine was. Like I did a lot of reading. I thought for sure that I was a two with a three wing. Mm -hmm. Like I thought for mm -hmm. sure. Yeah. And it, I can understand why I thought that mm -hmm. based on my that. personality. Yeah, totally. <laughs> but it like, it, like I was like, oh yeah, I think that's what I am. But it never really like was that gut punch. Like, mm -hmm. oh, that's it there, mm -hmm. right there. Yeah. And you know, it was like, I, I kept reading and, um, Katie Barnhart actually suggested like read more about nines. Like twos and nines are really similar. You should read more about that. And mm -hmm. I was like, okay. Mm -hmm. And so I did. Mm -hmm. And because I was like, ah, I'm just not settled yet. Mm -hmm. And I read the description of a social nine. And I was like, I kind of want to throw up a little bit because this is like reading about myself and not all the good parts. Yeah. Like the parts that I don't right. want anybody seeing, yeah. that I don't want anybody to yeah. recognize. And I just want that to be like, no, no, no. But it was right there in words. And it, it was equally like churning in my stomach as I'm reading it. And also so encouraging because mm -hmm. I finally had mm -hmm. words like I had, I had it right there in front of me yes, to put yeah. words to what I was feeling that I yeah. never quite was able to figure out. And it is, it's been such a blessing for me just awesome. to figure myself out yeah. because those things that I was totally avoiding, cause I'm a nine, which as you guys will learn as we're talking more about this, you know, mm -hmm. I'm a peacekeeper. I want to go to sleep to my emotions. Mm -hmm. I want to like, mm -hmm. there's just, mm -hmm. everybody else comes before me and just being able to recognize that mm -hmm. and start being more aware of that has been really a 
challenging, but really great thing. Yeah, so, for sure. Yeah. Um, before we move on, I want to actually unpack a couple of words that you said that like stuck out to me that might be just helpful to um, listeners. First of all, um, you're getting us not, we're saying, you know, we're saying numbers and we're saying tags like peacekeeper. And um, she even said social nine or mm-hmm. I don't think that's what you said. Though. Yeah, social yeah. Social nine. And anyway, we'll get to all that. And we'll kind of explain and unpack that. But she did yep. say, you know, when she read about the nine that she got a gut punch. Mm-hmm. So I want to just preface by by saying this, um, and you also said that you had language, right? So this process, this journey of kind of figuring out your Enneagram number can be really enlightening. It can be empowering. You can definitely find language to put behind some Mm -hmm. of the feelings that you have. Um, It can make you feel like, wow, praise the Lord. I am not all by myself in this. There are other people who are like me. That is awesome. Yeah. It can also be extremely um, exposing. You can feel 100% exposed as if someone said, strip down and stand in the parking lot. You're naked. (laughs) And that can make you feel really gross. Like you want to, if you're reading a book, you're going to want to chuck the book across the room. So um, just just know that that, that that's totally a possibility. Um, Also, I wanted to point out, you know, Amy had said that she kind of at at the beginning thought, oh, I meant two with the three. I wanted to point out that we as Christian women, we mistype a lot as twos, um, mostly because it's sort of what we're conditioned to think that we're supposed to be. Um, And my hope is that we realize that, first of all, you know, this kind of makes me think a little bit about why we're even talking about this in the first place. I mean, we're uniquely made. We are fearfully and wonderfully made so unique. Um, and a lot of times even Enneagram books and we'll reference a few use colors. So for example, if the number three is the color orange, um, that color ranges, right? It does, it's not just, you know, orange, like an orange, it could be orange, like a sunset, or it could be orange, like, I don't know. Um, What's another thing that's orange? Like a basketball. Yeah. Burnt orange. Right. Or orange. neon right. orange. Yes. Or... The colors range. And that's that's good to know because um, you are you are really, really unique. So that's really important to remember. So no one is trying to pigeonhole this this system doesn't try to pigeonhole you. It's more to empower you, to free you. It's to definitely also expose like shadow sides of you, places that you operating systems that you um, are reactive with, that you are maybe unaware of, or maybe you're not unaware of them. Maybe you're fully aware of them, but maybe it's really good to figure out why. Um, And we believe that that's important because when we are kind of stuck and we stay in these shadow places, we ultimately are not operating in our true spirit led selves. We are operating in a false false self, which by the way, is what personality is. Personality mm-hmm. is a false self. Amy, you can speak this more than me because you have the professional here, but it is a total false self, right? It's something that we put on in order to literally survive from day one, right? Can you yep. explain that? Can you just talk about personality? I know it's kind of, <laughs> here, Amy, here, throw this one at you. Um, yeah. Okay. So where do we want to go with this? Um, I think that And I think we'll kind of get to this a little bit later, but like that nature versus nurture Mm -hmm. part of it. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, we have that nature part of it that I think are just inherently parts of us. Mm -hmm. Um, But the nurture part, I think, really does start to 
shape that personality because we, from a very young age, are, you know, we're learning things about what does relationship look like? Do I need to protect myself in these relationships? Mm -hmm. Is it okay to be open and free and loving? Mm -hmm. And, you know, or is that dangerous? Or, you know, like that all goes to attachment theory. Don't get me started on that because I get all excited. Um, But those things start to form our personality at such a young age. And part of it is, you know, a combination of learned experiences and um, defense mechanisms and, weaved in all of that, just who we are as an individual, our DNA. And, you know, there's just, there's so much that goes into our personality. Um, but really being able to understand ourselves a little bit better. I feel like Beatrice Chestnut does a really good job. She, on one of the books that we'll reference today is called the complete Enneagram. And she uses an Oak or an Oak tree, I think is the front. Anyway, she Mm -hmm. talks about, um, is an oak, does an acorn create an oak? Anyway, she talks about an acorn <laughs> and how ultimately like the whole of this acorn mm-hmm. is, is the personality, but it's the, it's the true self that's on the inside that actually is the part that yeah. grows. But if you think about it, that, that whole, that outside shell, the, the inside can't grow without the whole, the outside shell, like dying and cracking off, which is why it has to be planted in the ground. And then Mm -hmm. that all falls off and dies. And then up can come the true real you. Um, And so that's kind of a good, I think, example too, of, of personality. Like Mm -hmm. it's this outside thing that comes from, like you're saying, like defense mechanisms. I also think of like Maslow's hierarchy of needs. So not only is it a defense thing, Mm -hmm. but it can also be like, how do I get my needs met? Right. And so all that comes together and creates this personality that really isn't our true self. It's what we've learned to put on Mm -hmm. in order to fill in the blank. Survive, to thrive, you know, whatever it might be that we need in that. That's right. Yeah. And and we are and so for those of you who have a hard time, like, why are we talking about this? Like, is this, this isn't, you know, this isn't exploring our, our Christianity. This isn't deepening our faith. I would push back and say, actually it is. Um, we are the image bearers of God. And I would go so far to say is if we don't know ourselves, it's impossible to know him. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, again, we're walking around with these shells and these false selves all over, our, all over us. And we present those all the time inside us to our core is his image. Our job is to surrender that, to explore that, to take those lights that he is inside of us and shine it in all the nooks and crannies and all the places where there's darkness so that we can shed off all that stuff. We can shed all that, that outer layer, that hole, that shell, Mm -hmm. and we can be our true, most authentic selves, our spirit led selves before him. Mm -hmm. So the Enneagram helps us do that. Because it really shines a light on areas, um, weird motive places. Like we do Mm -hmm. that because we want to come off this way or, you know, Mm -hmm. or who knows, whatever it is. But, um, but this is why. So if you're wondering um, why we're doing it, it it really is powerful to, to know who we are, but it's also really, really powerful to know who we are not. Um, we are not God, but he is in us. Mm-hmm. We are his image bearers. And, and that is what we want to come out. That's us, our best selves before him. So right. that's why we do this work. Absolutely. <laughs> that's why we do the work. Mm-hmm. So for those of you who are a little bit like, I don't know, what's this all about? It also sounds really weird. I feel like Enneagram sounds creepy. <laughs> 
And honestly, if you look at like it's the a image, look, yes, you're like, like wait, Ew, what? what is that? It's a pentagram or whatever, a pentagram or whatever. It's yeah. Like, Ooh, that's a bad thing. But yeah, it's not right. Like it's it really is. Enneagram is just the geometric sim or geometric nine pointed symbol, right? Yeah. It it's literally like a scientific like there's I think it's like Greek words. The word itself means nine pointed figure. Mm-hmm. Um. And I thought that I read something about like, it's like each part of it, the Enya comes from a Greek word and mm. yeah, it's, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. sure. So, so don't let that freak you out either. Cause I feel like that's when I first saw it, I was like, Oh, that looks creepy. I don't really know what that is, but, um, so just the name in and of itself might be creepy to you, the, the picture, but it's not, um, it, it really is it's, it's just a way to depict what, what it's all about. And it's ancient. I mean, this thing is ancient. Like they've been, um, all religions have been using this, including Christianity for, for years and years and years, centuries to kind of like, um, embody like that true self to get to that place of the true self. So I point that out because first of all, we're going to have a link, um, on our show notes, right. Mm -hmm. That will have a picture of the Enneagram for you guys. So you can like see what it looks like. So if you've never seen it, um, we'll have a good picture. We'll try to use maybe even the one that we like the best out of this book that we're using today. Um, the book we're using today for the most part, um, is the book called what's your Enneatype. Um, we really feel like it's a great guidebook. Um, it does a good job of just laying out what the Enneagram is. It's not the only book we're drawing from today, but it definitely is kind of one that really gives a good um, framework, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So we'll put that link in there too, but back to the shape, um, the Enneagram shape. So the reason we want to start talking about that is because we want to give you kind of an image of what it looks like before we start talking, because um, we'll kind of point out some different nuances that have to do with the shape of it. So if you can imagine a nine pointed star at the top of the point, the very top point is the number nine. And to the left of that number is going to be the number eight. And to the right of that number is going to be the number one. So that's kind of the shape. And then, of course, it goes around following the number. So it goes nine and to the right one and two, three, four. Like a clock. Like a clock. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. The reason I point that out is because it is in, um, we're going to talk about triads. In fact, we'll just kind of start with that. Um, Eight, nine, and one two, three, and four, and five, six, and seven are all broken up into um, triads. They're all in individual triads. Eight, nine, and one is in the gut triad. So when we say triad, we're actually talking about the instinct centers. Um, we are thinking, feeling, doing beings. And so we all have all three of those as an instinct center inside of us. Mm-hmm. However, depending on where you fall on the Enneagram, that's going to be your dominant instinct center, right? Is that, yep. Do you agree with that, Amy? Yep. Yeah. So eight, nine, one, um, they are the gut instinct. So it kind of makes me think of this It's actually, it actually really helps you decide what you are by thinking about these, um, gut instincts. I heard once, um, I did, a my husband and I, um, with a bunch of other couples, we did becoming us, um, which is an Enneagram, um, book for married couples and the Wenlings were in there. And Kyle Wenling had said, I, I, I see the triads as this. If you had a problem, posed before you, would you be in a place where you would say, what do I want to do? Or would you ask yourself, how do I feel about it? 
Or would you ask yourself, what do I think about it? And whichever one stands out would probably be where you land within the triad. Mm -hmm. So that's why it's so helpful to break it down or helpful to kind of for elimination, right? Because if you would rather do something than think, you definitely are probably, you know, in you're either an eight, a nine or a one. Mm -hmm. If you are always saying, I feel, I feel, I feel, you might be a two, three or a four. Or if you're always if you're really kind of stuck in your head or you're kind of, you're almost always mentally contemplating or you want to look things up or you want to really check to make sure you know the facts, you would maybe be a five, six or a seven, mm -hmm. right? Does that kind of yep. boil it down? Cool. Yeah. Okay. That makes perfect sense to me. So those are the triads. You've got the eight, nine, and one in the gut triad. You've got the two, three, and four in the feeling triad or the heart triad. Mm -hmm. By the way, the other word for gut triad is the anger triad. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, gut people. They say anger triad. I don't know if that's really, I mean, you know, gut, anger, whatever. Um, but, and then, uh, like I said, two, three, and four in the feeling triad or the heart, heart triad. And then um, five, six, and seven in the mind or thinking triad. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. Sounds good. Yeah. So now we're going to go ahead and just quickly, not quickly, but we'll try to do our best to itemize like what each type is sort of known for. Mm -hmm. And we are going to start with in the gut triad with number eight. Aim, I'll let you go with that one. Yeah. Eights. Okay. So eights are sometimes called the challenger or the protector or the advocate. Um, and really the, the, motivating need that an eight has is to not be controlled by anyone. Mm -hmm. Sometimes people tend to get eights confused and think that they want to control everything. And it's not so much a matter of them controlling everything. It's not being controlled by somebody else. Right. They it's, don't want, they don't to, want be to be controlled. Right. They don't want to necessarily be in control, but they don't want to be controlled is the, the big thing in that. Um, so they, you know, they really want to be self-reliant um, and to, you know, the justice seekers yes. in that. Mm -hmm. um, I think a lot of people get a little bit when they start to feel like they're an eight, they tend to get a little iffy because they're like, everybody says that eights are so angry, you know? <laughs> and it's like, I think assertive is sure. a good word for, could there be some anger there? Sure. sure. Could present itself that way sometimes. Mm -hmm. I think that eights can be very assertive mm -hmm. in, um, you know, fighting for what they believe in, um, protecting those around them. Mm -hmm. um, so I have two sisters that are eights. Mm. So, um, and they're, they're both new to the Enneagram. My one sister has really done a deep dive into it and she feels pretty confident that she's um, an eight. So um, it's, it's just always interesting to kind of hear where people land. She did ask me what I thought. And I was like, I have thoughts. I'm not going to tell you what they are until you have sure. really feel confident in where you land. Right. Um, but once you have made that decision, you know, once you yeah. kind of nailed that down and I was like, Oh, is she an eight or a three? She's very motivated, sure. very like, yeah, get in there and do it type mm -hmm. of person. So, um, so that's the eight. Mm -hmm. They can also be one of the most energetic on the Enneagram. They have mm -hmm. a lot of energy. Mm -hmm. Maybe that comes from that inner drive of, you know, kind of yeah. anger, that gut place, whatever, yeah. whether you, you know, Sometimes it's hard when we use the word like anger because I don't think it's always has to be like angry like we know mm -hmm. anger to be. It can right. be just a driver of mm -hmm. like ah, kind of that search for justice or mm -hmm. seeking out. But again, being in the gut triad, it makes sense that they have a lot of energy to mm -hmm. do, do, do. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting because a lot of people, you know, once you start learning about these different numbers, I always think of sevens 
as the energetic mm-hmm. ones, but I think there's definitely, it's a thing is a different type of energy. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, yeah, I agree that ACE can be very energetic and very mm-hmm. motivated and, yeah. um, you know, they like want to conquer the world. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. What about nines? So nines, uh, that's the peacemaker, um, and peacemaker mediator. Those are two pretty common it's ones. You, I am a nine. Yes, I am a nine. Um, Nines want to keep the peace at all costs. We do not like conflict. Um, Conflict equals separation and separation is bad. Mm -hmm. And so there's always this, like, let me go to sleep to my own feelings, my own desires, Mm -hmm. and make sure that everybody else is okay. Like, I'm going to go with the flow. I'm Mm -hmm. not going to rock the boat. I'm not going to like make my desires known if it's going to disrupt what we have going on here, if it's going to cause any type of, you know, right. anything other than peacefulness. Mm-hmm. Um, so which can also be on the inside of you, <laughs> right? Yes. And that's, that's a big part of it. We're not only trying to keep the peace outwardly mm-hmm. and what's going on externally, but almost like battling to, keep the peace for what we feel on the inside. Cause we want to go to sleep to what we're feeling. So let yeah. me just keep everything good and happy and fine and not really pay much attention to those negative emotions that mm-hmm. might be going on. We don't want to have to feel those things because yeah. if we do then we're going to have to address them. And mm-hmm. that's just uncomfortable. Yeah, It's healthy to address those things and conflict does not have to be bad. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, very uncomfortable. <laughs> it makes me think of, so when we talked with Kathy, when mm-hmm. she was here and she said, um, you know, you abandon yourself when I feel like to me, like the quintessential number who abandons themselves are nines. Amen to you that. You abandon yourselves a lot or another word, um, some other, you know, kind of psychologists have said de-selfing, maybe mm-hmm. you de-self or you just get to yeah. where you're like, Ultimately, you have no idea what you really want yeah. or what your desires are, or your hopes and dreams, which yeah. sucks because we're made to have them. Yeah. Um, and then you just kind of defer. Yeah. Um, but not intentionally. I don't no, think you're like, it's... you're not walking around like, ah, oh, blah, blah. Like, you don't even know you're doing it. Nope. But that's the part of falling asleep, yeah. too. Yeah. In in this book that, you know, we had mentioned the what's your enneotype, the, all the numbers are, are color-coded. And it's the number for nine is gray mm-hmm. because you're... Mm-hmm. Always, like you so easy to find yourself in the middle. You don't have a big opinion about anything. You can see both sides of everything. Right. And so it's just always in the middle. It's not black. It's not white. It's gray. Sure. And I was like, that is me. Like that <laughs> makes so much sense to me because that how that is how I feel. I have to dig very deep down in my soul when, you know, somebody says like, how do you feel about that? Like, uh, give me a minute. Yeah. Because I really need, give me a day. Yeah. Oh yeah. Give or a, a week. week. <laughs> I really have to think on those yeah. things because it's very easy for me to just be like, yeah, that's fine. Mm-hmm. It's no big deal. Or, you know, I'm fine either way, but to really like land on a solid, like, I don't like that. Or I really do like that. Or that makes me angry or whatever. It's really hard to land on something. So, black or white, not in that gray area where there's no wiggle room to be able to keep the peace in that. Yeah. So nines, nines are, nines are awesome. They're awesome. We are awesome. Mm -hmm. I like being a nine. This is making me think of, this is why it's so important to understand that the Enneagram is about why, because I'm thinking of sixes can be a little bit like this too. Absolutely. But their reason why 
totally they different. That they don't know what they want is totally different than the reasons nines don't know what they want. Absolutely. Sixes more have a tendency to just not trust themselves. They don't yeah. trust their instincts. They don't trust what they think they want. They're mm -hmm. like, I do know what it is. I just don't mm -hmm. trust it. So it's just different reasoning. So yep. again, this is why it's important to remember the Enneagram is about motive. So if you are a nine, but you get stuck and you think maybe you're a six, think about that. Like read why, like find mm -hmm. out, live with it. So anyway, I digress. Go ahead. Absolutely. Ones. What are ones about ones? Okay. So ones are the perfectionist. And one's really, one of the things they struggle with is that inner critic and just a lot of negative self-talk, um, that, that perfectionism and always wanting to do things well and do things right and, um, you know, be good or fear of being bad mm -hmm. is another, you know, obviously the opposite of that, but, um, you know, fear of condemnation, um, they, they have strong sense of integrity and, um, they, if they make a mistake, they really want to make sure they're able to correct it. List makers. Most ones that I know love lists, super organized, you know, like they just like having that structure yeah. um, so that they can make sure that all those things are accomplished mm -hmm. and that they can do them right and they can do them well and they can do them timely. Yep. And um, when, when they aren't doing that, that's when that inner critic really comes to the surface and starts having that very negative dialogue just really wanted to pull them under mm -hmm. and um, just feed them lots of lies. So they, you know, they really have a strong need to make things right or to make things better. Yeah. And um, yeah. Reformer. I always think the good word, I mean, you said perfectionist, they're yeah. also known as the reformers. Mm -hmm. I think that make things better is a big deal for them too. Mm -hmm. They can kind of see that there people will always say like it's the quintessential, like they're the ones who will reload the dishwasher. Right. <laughs> I have my guilty face on right now. <laughs> Don't say that yet. Cause that'll get confusing. Cause we have to I talk know. about the wings. <laughs> I know. I know. I'm not going to go there. We'll yet. come back to we'll that. We'll get there. But um, yes, they are. What I love about them so, so much is that they're, they want to make things better and good. Mm -hmm. They are, they want to make things logical mm -hmm. and they want to make things efficient. And yep. I actually really can get behind that. Mm -hmm. But I also sometimes can get like, okay, there's a lot more one than one way to skin a cat. But I do think you're right. The, the, they have, they probably have the loudest inner critic mm -hmm. voice. Um, and they're the ones who deal and struggle with this whole idea of I am good or I am bad. Yeah. So yeah. Anyway. Yeah, it's not that gray thinking. It's right. it's very black and white on that. Yeah, <laughs> you're like it's not gray yeah. any longer. Yeah, not gray so, at all. There. So true. So, yeah, I love a good one. I'm mm -hmm. like we can get stuff done with one. Oh yeah, I like polish the, things up. The word efficiency. Woo! Is I love so it. Accurate. I am so into efficiency too. So anyway, yeah, I love them. All right, number twos. Um, they are known as the helper or the supporter. Um, they have a deep desire to step up and help others get things done um, or achieve their goals, the other person's goals, um, because they want the other person to feel loved, mm -hmm. right? They're all about sort of love mm -hmm. um, and how when I help you do something, you will feel loved and you will know that you are loved by me. But then they also, but there's a flip there too. It can be a but then I have a deep expectation for you to do the same for me. Right. Um, or so give that acknowledgement 
of what I'm doing for you. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. So, um, so they are in, so now we've moved now to the heart triad, um, twos, threes, and fours. And that feeling there is that I want to feel, I want you to feel loved. I want you to feel and know you are seen and I want you to feel supported. But they also on the flip side of that are when they're offering themselves, they are in turn trying to achieve those feelings for themselves as well. Mm-hmm. So it's very, um, even though they seem like they are offering themselves to you, um, there is a whole different kind of motivation there. Yeah. There's an, I think it's um, a need to be needed. Yes, for they sure. Want to need be needed. Huge. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's why I thought for a little while I was a two Mm -hmm. um, because twos and nines can look Mm -hmm. very similar. But again, that motivation for the why is different. You know, twos tend to be more, um, you know, they're wanting to be accepted. Mm -hmm. Uh, They, they want to be needed Mm -hmm. that, that, like I said, that need to be needed. Mm -hmm. Whereas for nines, there's more of a sense of, I want to belong to this group. Mm -hmm. I want to belong here. Mm -hmm. Um, and be included. And it's, it, it can sound very nuancy, but there, it is different. Mm-hmm. The motivation there is different. Right. Yeah. I want to be part of, you know, especially as we'll get into, I'm not even going to go there yet. It's going <laughs> to get so hard. I know. It's I just so want to keep not talking. To drag it all up I just want to keep It's so good. We don't want to uh, overwhelm y'all. Right. <laughs> I want it to make sense and we'll be some it. sort of yeah. linear yes. thing going on. Yes. Here. Right. Linear. Um, but they can look very similar, just like you're talking about the sixes, mm-hmm. you know, like mm-hmm. there are certain things and that's why it's so important to really read about these mm-hmm. things and really pay attention to the why behind it mm-hmm. and, you know, really be able to figure out that piece of it so that you can start heading yeah. in the right direction. So yeah. I digress yep. this time. Go ahead, Shan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So essentially, uh, you know, just in a nutshell, twos are about needing and meeting needs theirs and others and that that equals love Mm -hmm. and that that's where they kind of fall Mm -hmm. um we'll go to the threes also in the heart triad they are known as the achiever or the performer um i also want to call them the motivator i feel like um there's something about them that kind of like claps our hands like come on like almost to keep up Mm -hmm. (laughs) not in a bad way always but sometimes in a bad way Mm -hmm. Um, because of their drive, their inner drive to kind of move forward to produce. Mm-hmm. Um, they um, so this is kind of what makes me think a lot about Ian Cron. So Ian Cron wrote the book um, Road Back to You, which is a really really good like, hey, I'm just interested in this. I want to start getting to know this. It's not a guidebook. It's not super structural. I mean, it's structural, but it's it's almost kind of, it, it's almost entertaining. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really great shallow pool to get into with the Enneagram, but he definitely talks about um, threes um, being, uh, that they are not, that they're not going after love. They're actually going after adoration. Um, they're not in, interested necessarily in love, but they want you to be like, oh, I adore you. Or I, I think you're pretty great because of yeah. what you can accomplish and what you can yeah. achieve. Um, like an so admiration. Really driven. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Adoration, admiration for sure. Really driven to accomplish, to achieve, to check boxes, to get stuff done mm-hmm. um, is a three. Can you think of anything else? Um, I think that respected. Yeah, you know, be respected. They're in the heart triad too, but they can be confusing because they can come in and they can really, in their achievement and their checking boxes, they can really read a room, but they don't necessarily, so they know how people in the room feel or they can really kind of determine the energy of a room, Mm -hmm. but they don't always know how they feel. 
um, they are a little bit um, asleep to their own feelings. Mm -hmm. They're a little bit, um, they can get really kind of drugged down by them. And mm -hmm. like, I don't know what to make of that. I just want to keep moving the ball up the field. Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of a thing with them. Um, fours are also in the heart tribe. They're known as the individualist, the romantic. Um, and when I say the romantic, it's really important not to think of, um, like romance. It's more romantic love, right? It's more about nostalgia. Um, they can really live in the past. I know cause I'm a four, so <laughs> I'm a four. Um, and there's another word that comes up with fours that I'm just like, that's such a hard word. Um, they're really, really creative and can be kind of artistic, but it's funny because again, it doesn't have to be this creative artistic idea that we always think like, I'm not a painter. I'm not, I'm not an artist. I, I don't make music or I can't bust out choreography, but I am really creative and problem solving. I can, I can see something for what it's worth and then be able to pull out of it um, kind of a flip like I can say oh here's a problem we need to solve it this way here's how we can do it that's kind of where my creativity lies mm -hmm. and the romantic part again it's more about being nostalgic it's more about like I can really get stuck in living in the past and I can be like oh this happened to me once I can get kind of trapped there mm -hmm. um the feelings part for fours uh, we are deep swimmers, man. We can hang out in the deep end all day long. Um, we can really dive deep in feelings, um, and, and be like, fine, not coming up for air. Whereas like other numbers will be just like, can we come up for air for a second? Can we go to the shallow pool? I mean, this is a lot of feelings all at once. So, um, that's definitely something about fours. Yeah, for sure. I think that's why I'm so drawn to fours. I have a number of friends that are fours, mm -hmm. like not even, didn't even realize that they were fours until I started, you know, like sure. getting yeah. to know people. And I was like, I just, I, I kind of keep like collecting fours. And I think it's because it's so like the way that you and other fours feel emotions so much mm -hmm. is so different and completely opposite from the way that I do. It's almost like, I want to like draw from the mm -hmm. way that you are able to feel and the mm -hmm. way that you were able to express and like learn from that and just yeah. kind of soak it in. And I think that that, I think that that's part of like the, when I go to health is like wanting to feel more things mm -hmm. and recognizing that I can go numb and like, right. Oh, like I just feel connected to this person. I trust this person to be able to even share my emotions Yeah, and mm -hmm. they're really good at sharing theirs. And so I can learn something yeah. from that. So yeah. I was thinking, uh, that's one thing about force too is, um, we can, we can sit, we can sit in your emotions just as well as we can sit in our own. Right. So it's good. It can be good, especially when really yeah. stuff hits the fan, man. And it's not yeah. good. Fours are great to be around. Yeah. Can just well, and I mean, and you like, do that for me and like, you know, like you will, you'll pull a little bit Sure. and not everybody recognizes that I need to be pulled. Mm -hmm. You know, I mm -hmm. might be like, Oh yeah, everything's fine. And somebody else might be like, great. I'm glad you're having such a good day, but you'll be like, so what, so tell me more about it. Like, so what's <laughs> it, what exactly has been going on? Like, how are you feeling? Like you really like gently, like, and then I know that I can trust you in that. So I'm like, actually, here's what's like, here's where I am. Like I'm on the struggle bus, you know, <laughs> yeah. and know that that will be embraced, sure. you know? Yeah. So I think that that's such a gift that fours have to be able to 
sit with other people in those emotions and feel comfortable Mm -hmm. in it Mm -hmm. and not be like, I don't know what to do with this Mm -hmm. because you're really good at all the emotions because you always have them. Mm -hmm. So that's, it's a gift. You're a gift. That's nice. I appreciate that because I'm like, God, I'm surprised our color here is purple. I thought ours would also be, you know, be with a black or whatever. (laughs) We can be a little um, fatalistic, a little angsty, just, always in the you know melancholic yeah yeah and <laughs> I a lot of time in melancholy one word that you didn't use yeah. that um i think really and i hear you use this a lot is authentic oh yeah for sure for yeah. really Ford's want to really... be authentic mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah they want and they i mean and they can be very like if you have a four in your life that you see you're having a hard time getting close to it. It's probably because they're thinking I call BS when they're around you. It might be because of that. Like Mm -hmm. I call BS or maybe for some reason they are unable to be their authentic self. So anyway, there's something there definitely is there. There's an authentic component there that fours are like intolerant of inauthenticity. Right. (laughs) And it's just can be almost just weird because talk about, you know, strip down naked and stand in the parking lot. I mean, they're like expect every single person to do that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just like not right away. <laughs> and here I am in my little nine robe wanting yeah. to keep everything. Hey! Oh my gosh, too funny. All right, let's move on to head triad. Head triad. Yes. Fives. What are you thinking? Fives. Fives. Fives are um, the investigator. Um, they are the theorist. Always like very much in their head. They're in the head triad, but that's kind of where all the processing is done. Mm-hmm. And it's all very like cognitive yeah. and thought, thought driven. Mm-hmm. Um, but really, and what the, what fives want, they have a need to understand. They have a need to know, like they want to be able to get it and comprehend what is going on around them or within them. And, you know, so it's, it's very much up in that, um, head, you know, they want to, they want to make sure that they're capable and competent yeah. to handle things and to do things. Um, and they, they're in, they're really independent. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of fives, I don't, I don't have a lot of fives in my life. Um, but I feel like they, they really don't want to like be disturbed by the going ons of things like kind of want to like stay, like stay in my own lane, you stay in your own lane and it'll be fine. <laughs> Your face is kind of telling me oh that that's, yeah. that's, uh, that's right on. That's accurate. I am yeah. married to a five. Um, and Ian Cron again. So again, we're referring to this um, author's guy who uh, wrote the book, wrote back to you. He says that fives who are, <laughs> who are, in, who are married um, and in close personal relationships, like deserve a medal because um, they can be just like, so in their own head, in their own lane, um, kind of like you do you, I'll do me. And this is, this is where harmony lies. Mm-hmm. Um, and we talked a little bit earlier about the eights having like the most energy, the fives on the Enneagram have the least. Nothing. Um, Nothing. Nines can be a little low on energy too. Yes. I think that's a, yeah, a, a the similar yeah. thing like Which that. Sometimes the fives and nines actually can be, you know, mistyped for one another at, right. at times, depending. Yeah. That energy, um, that gets sucked out of you that you really have to have that space and time to be able to Correct. rejuvenate yeah. and fill that back up yeah. for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Um, fives. Um, so we haven't really talked about this. I, again, I think it's cause it's my husband. I'm thinking of this, but we haven't really talked about like deadly sin, but it's sort of like the, the deadly sin of a five is avarice, um, which means that they kind of hoard. 
um, they have a tendency to hoard, but mostly energy. Like they will hoard energy. Like my husband will think to himself, like, it's like, he's got an energy meter, which I think we all to a certain extent have energy meters, but theirs gets really depleted really easily. So he'll manage his energy, um, for the day. Like, like it's a gas tank right? mm-hmm. and he'll be like, Oh, I know for a fact that I'm going to have to like climb into the mountains at this time, part of my day. And it's going to take energy, you know, this amount of energy. And so, um, they do have the lowest amount of energy and, um, they do, they're really cognizant of it. Yeah. Um, and they need to go, they, they do need a place to go. They need to go to their minds. They have a castle in their mind. That's very, very real. They need to go there in order to be re restored and rejuvenated mm-hmm. and kind of come back to a neutral place. So yeah, yeah, they're fascinating. They're the most fascinating you have. Um, it is really hard to know how they're processing mm-hmm. or what they're processing. They, I always say they they run around a little bit with a flat affect. Um, you can't, you just can't read them very well. Yeah. <laughs> very well. I deserve a medal. That's who deserves a medal. <laughs> Me. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, Woo. He's yeah. a lot to learn. Yeah. And he's amazing. But anyway. He is pretty amazing. Uh, thanks. <laughs> he's, he's a good one. Speaking of, he's amazing. Your husband is a six. My husband yes. is a Let's six. Talk about yes. Sixers. Yes. The six are the the loyalist, um, the skeptic, the guardian. Like they all make sense to me. Like all of it makes sense. Um, you know, we kind of spoke earlier about um like the the peacekeeping that nines do and how it can you know sixes have a different way of doing that it's all about security yeah it's about being safe it's about trusting um they want to sixes go to worst case scenario they're always planning for the worst mm-hmm. um because they want to make sure that they can respond accordingly and be able to keep that security intact, whether that is physical security or it's emotional Mm -hmm. security Mm -hmm. um, that can look like a number of different things. Um, But it can really, it can be that fear and anxiety. All the numbers have a fear component to it. You know, we're, we're motivated by a fear of enter the, Mm -hmm. enter the, you know, whatever your number is, whatever that might be. But six is really like, that's their, also their thing. Not only is their, their fear is fear, yeah, <laughs> you know, right. like the yeah. fear and anxiety mm-hmm. of the unknown and not having that really strong sense of security and being able to manage those worst case scenarios um, in the most effective way. So, and they, they really want to be able to care and protect the people around them. Right. So that's definitely, my husband goes to that place. Everything his, the first place his brain goes is worst case scenario. Um, and he has figured that out and we have learned in conflict that that's where his brain goes. Yeah. And he just, he has figured out that if we are in conflict about something, he needs to take a step away and he needs to go to his garage, it, whether it's for 15 minutes or mm-hmm. it's an hour mm-hmm. and he needs to really process where he is and really be able to think about, am I going worst case scenario with this? Where on the spectrum am I falling? Are my feelings about this legit? Which yes, your feelings are legit, but am I, you know, am I blowing this out of proportion in the sense of I'm going to the worst case scenario and therefore I'm acting in accordance with that. Right. I'm acting out of that. Right. That's real and true right now. Yes, exactly. So he has really recognized that that is what he has a tendency to do. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And I wonder how much of that comes from military service sure. of always like I mean, being it can't be helpful. Right. And I, and I think, <laughs> and maybe that's why he's done so well sure. in his military yeah, service is because like, he's all like, he's, he is a forward thinker. Um, he's always researching if he wants to engage in something or um, even buy something, mm-hmm. you know, he wants to buy something new. He's going to mm-hmm. spend time researching it so that he can feel yes. sure yeah. that he is making the best choice. Mm-hmm. That's just how he functions. It drives me crazy sometimes, but it also helps him to feel like he is making good choices. And Mm -hmm. I think it does help him make better choices, especially in bigger choices Mm -hmm. that he's making the right one because he spent the time to think it through and to really um, contemplate what that could look like with the different decisions he could make. Right. So one cool thing about sixes too, is you are the only type who has kind of these kind of two archetypes where you're either phobic or you're counterphobic. Mm-hmm. Um, the phobic, so the phobic six is going to be more withdrawing, uh, more kind of really kind of doomsday prepper, but not in an outward way, mm-hmm. kind of more just like, Oh, almost, can, can at times be paralyzed, but also just that planning will mm-hmm. really go up in the head and really plan, plan, plan. Yeah. Um, the counterphobic six actually are more like your arterial type, like come at me <laughs> type thing, <laughs> like ready to fight, mm-hmm. um, ready to kind of go. So, it, and that doesn't mean you wouldn't oscillate between the two. Sure. Those are kind of the two interesting um, components with sixes because they can be just like, let's go. Yep. Like, and almost kind of be fight pickers mm-hmm. and um, just always ready to like wield some kind of sword, whether mm-hmm. it be a verbal sword or maybe mm-hmm. they're, you know, want to be physical. I yep. don't know, but ultimately they're fighting against something. Both, both um, the phobic and the counterphobic mm-hmm. are often fighting. They're fighting something. Mm-hmm. Is it real? Rarely, but they're also really great to have on your side because like you said, that's probably why Tom does so great in the military, because first of all, he, he, he's learned how to take all those thoughts and all the way that he's wired and he actually can put that into action. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking to myself, well, if anything crazy happens, I should make my way to your house. Right. Because he, he's already thought it through. He's already, Absolutely. you know, he's, he's ready to go. So that can be really good. Um, the other thing I wanted to say, um, you know, just a little bit ago, we said with the fives, we mentioned um, the deadly sin. And with this one, you mentioned fear or core fear. Every number has a deadly sin. Every mm-hmm. number has a core fear, mm-hmm. which I think is important to point out, but we yeah. didn't point that out in the beginning. But yeah, I mean, as you kind of cruise along and when you do reading about yourself and you, and you try to, you know, figure out where you land, you, those, those will be questions that will be asked of you. Well, you know, what's, you know, what's, what are you really afraid of mm-hmm. anyway? So yeah, you're right. Yeah. Six is their core fear is well, fear. fear. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what about sevens? Uh, sevens. Sevens are the enthusiast, the optimist. Um, I, we kind of talked about them with the whole energy mm-hmm. um, thing of it. And really what sevens want is to live. They want to have new experiences and they want to have fun. Um, and they really, really do not want to experience pain yeah. or suffering. Mm-hmm. Like they, I think there's like a similarity in the seven or in the sevens and nines there. And that we avoid it differently, mm-hmm. but we're both trying to avoid the same thing. We don't want to feel the yuck. Mm-hmm. We don't want to feel, you know, and sevens just don't want to have to engage in those negative emotions. So instead it's like, let's fill our time with all these other fun things mm-hmm. that can distract me from actually yeah. having to 
engage in those things. You know, they just want to be happy and they want to, um, they want to keep their options open. You know, they don't want to be tied down to certain mm-hmm. things. Yeah. Very, you know, just go with the flow. Like, yeah, let's mm-hmm. go do this. Let's go do that. Um, a friend of mine who's also a nine said that she feels like sevens and nines become friends a lot because nines will just go along with whatever, whatever the seven wants to do because uh, they're yeah. so go with the flow. And the seven's like, oh, let's go, you know, let's go parasailing. It's like, okay, yeah. like, <laughs> Sounds you know, good. whatever, like I'll go totally. along with whatever you want to do. Good. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So sevens really just want to enjoy themselves, have a good time and really just avoid those mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. feelings of pain or any type of suffering yeah. at all. They're often working really hard because they don't want to be trapped in their feelings or trapped in pain. Mm-hmm. That's right. So they're kind of almost using um, distraction mm-hmm. to, an, to a certain extent. However, they can be very successful people. Mm-hmm. Um, they, the energy component, they have a lot of energy. They can be kind of forward thinkers. They can kind of, they can think about what's going to be fun and what's going to be engaging for people. Mm-hmm. And so they can kind of float that out there. Mm-hmm. They definitely need a support system to keep them kind of, you know, yeah. focused and to kind of dot the I's and cross the T's. Mm-hmm. Um, but they are, yeah, very valuable part mm-hmm. to um, this world, really. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So they are our last number. That was our last number because we went eight, nine, one, two, three, four, five, six, six and seven. seven. Mm-hmm. Save the best for last. You sevens out there. I know you'll, you'll appreciate that. Awesome sevens. Um, the next thing I want to point out or we want to talk about here is wings. Wings. Yes. And I want to tell you right now that if you go out and you take a test and you come back and you tell Amy or myself and you say, okay, I'm a seven with a one wing. <laughs> We're going to look at you like you've lost your darn mind. And here's why. And this, we hear this a lot, right? I do. Like, we hear this a lot. It's as, if, it's, it's as if this is a confusing component. Um, wings are always to the right and to the left of your core number. Mm-hmm. So if you're an eight, well, let's take you, Amy. You're a nine. Yep. If you're a nine, you either are an eight wing or a one wing. Mm-hmm. Now, if you think about wings, if you're a bird and you have wings, you have two of them. And so the reality is, is that we are actually able to a lot of times draw from one or the other. Mm-hmm. Some people have a very, very heavy wing. Yep. Like I can say that I am a four with a very heavy three wing, mm-hmm. but I do see that I also draw from my five at times. Mm-hmm. Some people feel like they're not, they're not winged at all. They're like, I am so staunch eight. Um, but it's something to be just aware of mm-hmm. um, and to look at. Uh, because I do think that they, it does come into play and it can mess with, if, if you're not aware of it, it can mess with the way that you, um, you know, type yourself. For example, you had just said, Amy, that Tom is a six and you said that there are times when he buys something, he's going to explore da, da, da. Well, to me, that, that can be the, be very six, but he can also be drawing from his five wing, right? Mm-hmm. Because fives are the same way. They can be very analytical. They're like, okay, I want to know every single thing there is to know before I make this decision. Yep. Now, the difference there is that fives could literally never make the move to do the thing. Sixes are a little bit less like that, mm-hmm. except for unless they're afraid of something in the midst of it. But mm-hmm. that's kind of where it works, where we want yeah. to make sure that we're drawing from both sides. What right. do you have to add about wings? Yeah, I think kind of going back to what you were saying about like, oh, I'm a seven with the one wing. I think where some people may get confused is, you know, you, you take a, an Enneagram test, which mm-hmm. I 
I'm totally cool with that. Mm-hmm. I think it's a good starting point. Sure. Yeah. I don't would never recommend anybody. They're fun to take. Yeah, they're fun to take, but I would never say, oh, well, whatever you test at is what you are. Like that's a, a starting point. Yeah. Maybe start reading with the numbers that came up on your test and work out from there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wonder if sometimes people are like, oh, I tested as a like my first number was seven, and then my next highest one was one. And then, you know, like that. And so they think that that second number that that they tested is their wing. So that could be where the confusion comes in. So just really being able to understand that whatever your number is, you know, if you're four, you're either going to be a three wing or you're going to be a five wing because those are the two that are on each side of you. I don't think that anybody is ever perfectly balanced equal parts of their wings. I think that they might be might pull a lot from both of them, but there is going to be one that is going to be more dominant. Mm -hmm. Um, And like you said, there are some people like, I feel like I have nothing as an eight. I feel like my wing is like, might have a little bit, maybe if I ever let that anger come up, like maybe I would see parts of that eight in there, Mm -hmm. but I am such a strong one wing Mm -hmm. that I don't pay a whole lot of attention to the eight side of it, Mm -hmm. Um, which maybe I should pay a little bit more attention to that and see what, what parts of me are there. But just kind of being able to, mm-hmm. um, you know, recognize that it, it looks different for everybody. Mm-hmm. And in different situations, you might pull from different, different stages of yeah. life even. Like, I feel like you could live half your life, you know, drawing from your one wing and then the second half of your life drawing from your eight wing. I right. don't know. I mean, yeah, you know, but I, it's there for it's a reason. Possible. It's there for access for right. sure. But right. yeah, it looks a little bit different for everybody. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, so the next thing that we're going to jump into are this idea of where we go in stress and where we go in growth. Um, another way to that another way that is referred to is um, in integration or disintegration. Yeah. Um, when we kind of start to fall apart or when we are being really healthy. So when we're in that area of stress, um, it can be you know because maybe we're not in control of things or things aren't going the way that we want them to. Um, we all have a number that we go to and that when we start to disintegrate and we go to um, the unhealthier parts of that number. Um, so I'm not going to get into what each number, yeah. what their number right. is for health and what it is for um, when we're in stress and all of that. Um, you can definitely kind of look into that a little bit more, but um you know, it can make us want to go numb to the things we're feeling. There's just so many different ways that we can go with that when we're just, we're not at our best self. Um, mm-hmm. This isn't to say that we are no longer now our number and we are now that number. Right. We are still our right. number. Even when I go to my place of stress or my place of um, health, I'm still a nine, but I am pulling on either the best or worst parts of right. that number, yeah. depending on Right. where I am. Right. So oftentimes they'll say like, you'll go to the low side mm-hmm. of that number in stress. So right. when they mean low side, it means like kind of the worst traits. Right. Sort of. Yeah. Or you'll go to the high side of the number in yeah. growth or in health. Yeah. And that means it's kind of the best parts. Of right. That right. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so, you know, when we really fear like, feel like our greatest fears are really happening we might start to disintegrate and be like, oh my gosh, my world is falling apart. Yep. And so now we're not functioning at our highest level and we go to these 
places that are, are not so healthy for us to be working from. Mm -hmm. And obviously the, the growth or the integration is the opposite of that. When we're really being healthy and we are being, you know, a really great version of ourselves and we're really feeling good and we're very self-aware and all of that, then we're going to that really healthy space. Um, and we are actively moving towards being more emotionally healthy in the way that we're reacting to situations or responding to situations, um, and not, maybe falling apart so easily, but actually being able to process through those and function at a level that allows us to keep moving forward and not backwards. Right. Yeah. So I feel like, um, so an example of this, I'll just use myself as an example. When I am in stress, I'll go to the low side of two. Mm -hmm. Um, again, you can find this in, you know, any Enneagram book, you can even just Google where does X number go to in stress. But um, when you look at the Enneagram itself, it'll, it makes sense, um, mm-hmm. kind of where you go. But, um, so I go to the low side of two and then how that looks is I can be doing, 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 and I can be looking around me thinking I'm doing all this stuff for all of you around me. Why aren't you doing anything for me? Mm-hmm. Like I can go there. Mm-hmm. Like that's kind of what comes out of me. Yeah. I can be very task oriented, but it's also with a weapon. Like I'm mm-hmm. doing it to. Yeah. It can be really ugly. But when I'm in growth and in health, I can go to the high side of one and I can be like firing on all cylinders. I am super efficient, super effective. I'm I'm in my zone. I'm getting stuff done. It, it's it's all good stuff because mm-hmm. that's what ones do when they're yeah. when you know, when they're in their, their best selves. That's where they mm-hmm. that's what they are. So yep. I go to that place. Yeah. yeah. Right. What Absolutely. about you? What's your example? So when I am in health. I go to the high side of three Mm -hmm. and, you know, nines can be, um, our, our sin is sloth being Mm -hmm. a sloth. And Mm -hmm. whether that's physical laziness or psychological laziness, emotional laziness, um, we can just kind of really be slugging along in those things. But when we're, when I go to that place of health, I'm going to that, the really healthy part of the threes where I can be a lot more motivated. Mm -hmm. I am, um, really wanting to get things done. My confidence is, is better than what it usually is. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm recognizing that what I have to say is important mm-hmm. because one of the lies that I tell myself is that I'm not important. I'm not special. What I have to say doesn't really matter. So when I'm in that healthy space and I'm, you know, as that on the high side of that three, yeah. I feel a lot more um, empowered to use my voice mm-hmm. and to really um, recognize that I do have skills. Mm-hmm. And that they are valuable in whatever way it is that they're valuable. We all have our, you know, we each have our ways that we, whatever it is we bring to the table. And just being able to recognize mm-hmm. that just because mine might look different than somebody else's doesn't mean that it's any less valuable. Right. And really embrace that part of it. Um, I go to the low side of six when um, I'm not, you know, functioning mm-hmm. well, which when you're married to a six, if you're both there, that can, yeah. <laughs> that can be a little tough. It can be. Um, but you know, that's where like that, that fear and anxiety really wanted mm-hmm. to crash down on me. Mm-hmm. Um, catastrophic so, thinking. Yeah. The catastrophic yeah. thinking Everything's and like really apart. just cementing yeah. all the negative thoughts Yeah, yeah. <laughs> real, real well. So yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, that's kind of what that looks like. I want to yeah. address something you said, just because again, with this whole, I just found so much when I have been, you know, just studying this, that 
we got to, the words that we hear, we got to be so careful because it doesn't always mean exactly what we think it means. Mm -hmm. So you said, you know, nines can go to sloth. Mm -hmm. Nines can be, in fact, some people would even go so far as to say, oh, nines are the laziest number or whatever. Mm -hmm. I want to point out that that does not necessarily mean physically lazy. Right. So if you're a nine or you find out that you're a nine, you'd be like, I'm a nine, but I, I do not relate to this. Don't, you know, it's okay because it doesn't necessarily mean physically. No. It means you are being lazy, quote unquote, to connecting with your own desires, wants, and needs. Yep. So that just made me think of that. Like, it's so important that when you read about the Enneagram, there are words that are going to be used and we can't just look at those words like the world looks at those words. Like mm -hmm. we have to look at the, the depth of that word, like sloth or yeah. lazy, right? Because yeah. it's not like what you're thinking. Cause actually, Amy, I never think of you as lazy ever. I'm like, <laughs> she has energy and she's, and you know, I know you've said to me, yeah, there are times when, mm -hmm. um, and you love naps. I mean, so uh, what, who doesn't, oh, but I'm just saying, yeah, that's <laughs> awesome. I love that you love it. And you're like proud of it. So cool. So anyway, I just had to put that in there because again, as, yeah. as, as you guys, as you listeners go and you explore this thing, like don't be put off by some of the words you're going to come across. Mm -hmm. To be willing to be curious. Okay, lazy. What do they mean by that? How could that look in my life? Mm -hmm. I don't see myself as lazy, but maybe. And if you think of it, it's very true. Nines are lazy when it comes to asking yourself and really connecting with what do I want? What do yep. I need? What are my desires? Yeah. What am I because feeling? Because again, you're thinking to yourself, my wants, needs, and desires aren't important. They don't matter. I don't matter. You know, that whole yeah, kind of exactly. thing. Yeah, so, exactly. Anyway, I digress. We There's a lot of digressing in this. We just <laughs> get real so excited. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, we do. There are stress numbers. There are growth numbers, um, along with our wings and then our soul numbers. I, I, was, I was kind of looking and exploring like, wow. Each of us actually has access to five of the nine numbers on the Enneagram because there's your your number, whatever you relate most to um, be based on, you know, sort of the why and the core fear and all that stuff. And then you have your wings. That's two more numbers. So now that's three. And then you have your stress number that you have access to and you have your growth number that you have access to. That's five total numbers. So. First of all, it's not all good stuff. Um, it could be bad stuff when you go to your stress number and that kind of thing, but you mm -hmm. still, it's still access. And I will say that if you're having a hard time figuring out what you are, this might be why. Um, it's just important to have grace for yourself. Be willing to dive in and explore and be curious and be willing to make a mistake, be willing to be wrong. Maybe you say to yourself, I think I'm a six, but I'm not positive. And yeah. maybe you spend time really just trying that number on and and really reading more about that number and making decisions as far as that goes and be willing, be willing for that to be the thing. Um, but there's a lot going on. We are very complex and there's Absolutely. a reason for that. Mm -hmm. So and if you are in a really stressful place, hello, right now, COVID-19, maybe it's a bad time to try to figure out what your Enneagram is right? because we're all in stress. So yeah. maybe you will identify, maybe you think you're a number, maybe you should track back from that stress number and be like, what's, where's that come from though? Where's that, you know, original number that goes to this number in stress? Mm -hmm. Because it might be that you're just living in a very stressful place yeah. and we all kind of are right now. Absolutely. And to just add even more to that, <laughs> one last tidbit that we have to point out when it comes to exploring the Enneagram are subtypes. Mm -hmm. um, 
And it's funny because Ian Cron in his book, Road Back to You, he doesn't talk about subtypes at all. This book that we're that we're really excited about right now, this What's Your Enneatype, this guidebook, they do talk about mm-hmm. um, subtype. And of course, this um, Beatrice Chestnut book, this complete Enneagram, it is the deep dive. It, you're going to know if you read that book, you're going to barf Enneagram. I mean, it, <laughs> it is the deep dive in Enneagram. It has every single thing. But I will say that again, you know, back to like, if you're having a hard time typing yourself, it's important to look at the, to look at the subtypes. And I think earlier I used the wrong word when I was talking about, um, uh, sorry, when I was talking about the triads, the head triad, the gut triad, the, um, head triad, I think I used the word instinct there. I didn't mean to use the word instinct. That's actually our intelligence centers. Mm -hmm. We all operate with those three intelligence centers. Just one of them happens to be the dominant. I, it's just another I word because, um, the subtypes are absolutely instincts. Mm -hmm. Um, and you actually had mentioned in the very beginning, Amy, we were talking about like, this is how we're made and the nature versus nurture. Mm -hmm. Um, it's thought to be, to believe, believe that our number is nature. It's how we're born, but our subtype is nurture. So you're probably going to take on the subtype of one of your parent parental figures or whoever raised you. You're going to probably take on either that if it was a single person who raised you or two people, you're going to take on one of the two of those instincts Mm -hmm. because your home where you were raised was probably functioning out of that instinct. Mm -hmm. Those three instincts or those three subtypes are this um, self-preservation, social and sexual or one to one. Don't get all freaked out. <laughs> we'll explain what those are, right? Um, first of all, uh, the very first subtype is self-preservation. Um, essentially, self-preservation subtype means that your instinct is to um, find shelter, to find a home base. Um, you like food. You like warmth. You like you like your physical needs to be met. You like comfort. Your um, you would want to have people over to your home and have everything as comfy and cozy as possible. Um, Your environment would really matter. Um, You also, though, would be kind of knowing how to get the heck out of Dodge (laughs) because self-preservation, you're preserving yourself. Um, that's going to be your number one instinct if you're if that's your subtype. Now, by the way, your number one instinct, what does that mean? Um, we actually have these instincts stacked sort of within us. There's going to be one that's the most dominant. You're going to be have a secondary one that's kind of just underneath the most dominant one. And then your third one is actually going to be almost suppressed. It may not even exist to you at all. It may not matter to you in the least. So um, again, self-preservations are going to be kind of more about um, home shelter. Um, they're very, they burn very warm. So you'll get a warm feeling when you're around this person. And when you go to their home, it's going to feel warm and inviting. And that's going to kind of be, um, a really important thing. Um, the next kind of subtype or instinct is social. Now it doesn't mean that you're a super social person or that you're all about going to parties or whatever. So I'm not, not. yeah, not every seven, is a social subtype, right? Yeah. So you're not. So explain what that looks like um, in your life. Yeah. So I am not a, I'm like Brett, you know, like I, if I know I'm going to be doing a big social engagement, especially with something that I know that I'm not like super comfortable with, I know it's going to be very draining mm-hmm. on my energy mm-hmm. and I have to mentally and emotionally prepare for that. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not like, yeah, let's go out. Like I have to kind of 
I really have to prepare myself to Mm -hmm. go do things like that. Not in all situations, um, but certain situations. I really have to make sure I'm in the right state of mind to be able to engage in that way. So I'm not like all about the social engagements, but I am a social nine because of what that means. Right. So. Right. And what that means is, again, it doesn't mean that you're social. doesn't mean you're about social engagements. It doesn't, that doesn't drive you. It's more about group dynamics. It's more about social norms. You see yourself as a member of a larger group. Um, Structure and status are actually really important to you. Um, Oftentimes they'll say that social subtypes burn cooler because they are often um, focused outward. Um, If you were, if I came to a, so like if you were in a group and it was a bunch, a group of social subtypes, um, everybody would get a turn to talk. (laughs) Nobody would be talking over each other. It would be like, now it's your turn. Now it's your turn. So it's systems and functioning Mm -hmm. and how it kind of the betterment of the whole. Um, It's all about that. So the instinct there would be what's the betterment for the entirety of the group. The whole. Yeah. So it really doesn't have, you're right. It doesn't have anything to do with energy level or liking to be in social settings or anything to do with that. So don't get confused. Again, this is another one where words, it's not the words matter. Yeah. Words matter. (laughs) And to be really exploring. Pay attention to the words. Speaking of words matter too, I want to say, so here we go with sexual. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you are a sexual subtype or you have a sexual instinct, it does not mean that you really, really, really like sex. <laughs> Although you might, I don't know. <laughs> Who doesn't? No, I'm just kidding. No, I'm not. you're not kidding. I'm not kidding. <laughs> you're not kidding. <laughs> no, I'm not kidding. But it doesn't have anything to do with that. It means it's a one-to-one. Like your instinct is instinct is to is to um, prioritize a one-to-one connection it's like intimacy correct yeah mm-hmm. um connection mm-hmm. just the word connection like connection is really yeah. really important um that there is that basic need there um intimacy bonding union is really really important um sexual subtypes can be pretty intense so that instinct there can be pretty intense they after often say that they burn hot um, so if the socials burn cool and the self-pres burn warm, the sexuals are the ones who burn pretty hot. Um, they really like eye contact. They really want to know that, um, that they're locked in. So again, if you had a group and you were all talking, the sexual um, group, the sexual instinct group or the sexual subtype group would be, would be talking to each other. One would be talking to another, and that would be how it would be broken down around the around the circle. It wouldn't be everybody's talking in a big circle. Everyone's talking to someone else, only one other else. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's going to be more the uh, the desire there is to really have that. And they lock into one person at a time. Um, and they are all about the right to be loved and to connect. That mm-hmm. is, again, so connect is a really, really big word for them. Yeah. So those are the subtypes. And the reason they're important is because... Every single one of these numbers has a subtype. So that's nine times three. 27. (laughs) now 27 types, which is not meant to overwhelm anybody. Again, that can be a lot like, whoa, we just went from nine types to 27 types. But I will say it really does help breaking down like what you might possibly be, the Mm -hmm. number you might possibly be. Um, And it really takes into account um, the nuances of this whole thing of of Enneagram and the nuances of us. Mm -hmm. We are unique. We're super unique. So even uh, I could be connected to 
for me, my subtype, it's a little confusing. I am either a sexual subtype or a self-pressed subtype. They're very close to each other. It's hard. Sometimes I can oscillate between the two. Mm-hmm. Um, my daughter is a self-pressed subtype. Sometimes I'll take on her characteristics anyway, and she takes on mine. It can be confusing, especially now that she's an adult. Um, but social for me is completely dormant. It is completely buried. Um, but yeah, I can't remember. What, oh, my point to that was my point to that was is it's important to take that to take that into account because um, it can really help you kind of break down and help you understand a little bit more about yeah. why, even more about why you do what you do. Yeah. But just because I interact with another sexual or one to one four does not mean we'll even be the same, right? Um, because again, we are our very own unique person, Absolutely. and this just helps us really find who that unique, authentic, true self is. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that, you know, just the last little thing that I want to add is that, you know, there's not a hierarchy of what numbers are better than other numbers. (laughs) Um, You know, like, yeah, some might sound more fun. Sure. It sounds like a whole lot of fun to be a seven, (laughs) right? But there are, there are hard parts about being a seven. Also, there are difficult parts about being, you know, like in all the numbers. And when I think of it in terms of, that we are made in God's image. God is all of these. He encompasses every aspect of this entire thing. And so no matter what number we are, we are still a reflection of him. So I think that that's just, and that's an important thing to remember that it's, Mm -hmm. you know, we, we are unique and he made us exactly the way that we are. And it can be hard to embrace those difficult, challenging parts of who we are, especially the parts that maybe we're not so fond of. Yeah. But if we approach it from an aspect of, okay, I'm learning about myself and yeah, maybe I'm not super crazy about this part of me that can help us grow for sure and be able to recognize those things and be aware of them and really heighten that self-awareness for us Mm -hmm. so that we can continue to grow closer and closer to that real true self that we really are meant to be and who he made us to be. That's right. And without acknowledgement of that, Mm -hmm. a realization of that, we can't take that then and lay it at the foot of the cross. Right. And ultimately you're right. He is, he is whole. He is perfect. He is, he embodies every single one of these numbers in the most perfect way. Yes. In Um, all the healthy ways. (laughs) Yeah. In all the healthy ways. And he, he wants that for us too. He wants wholeness for us too. And actually he already achieved that for us. Mm -hmm. It's just a matter of us kind of getting to the place where we can really fully receive it, which we won't until we are home with him. Um, But But we can keep trying. But we can keep trying. And this process um, is important and good and and a beautiful one. Keep doing the work. Yeah. Keep doing the work. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Ladies, thank you so much for being here with us for our first episode in our series of Enneagram podcasts. Um, We're going to have three this month, um, as we've kind of told you guys before. Um, Next Friday, we're going to have another episode, and Shannon and I are actually going to have our moms on Mm -hmm. with us, so that's going to be exciting. We're going to kind of dig into um, this idea that we touched on a little bit during this episode about nature versus nurture and kind of where some of these characteristics come from, so just kind of getting the mom's perspective on that. Mm -hmm. Um, And they are also both new to the Enneagram. Mm -hmm. Um, I know my mom hasn't landed on a number yet, and so you know we're going to be able to talk a little bit about what that process has kind of been like for them and just digging into it and learning about it and exploring it and 
um, what that's been like. So I think yeah. that'll be a lot of fun um, just to get that perspective. And then our last episode will be on mistyping. Yeah. When we um, think that we are a number and we're kind of operating out of that space and mm-hmm. then realize after a time, like this doesn't feel right. And kind of what that experience was and is, uh, we have a couple young adults and ladies, um, just wonderful women that we are excited to get to have conversation with. And they're going to share their experiences about being mistyped and eventually being able to figure out what their number is and all that. So that'll be really cool. I'm excited to have that conversation with all those ladies, with moms and um, with our young adults. Yes, me too. It's going to be so, so fun. Um, One announcement too, just um, for Eden um, coming up is Eden Connect. We're going to be doing Emotionally Healthy Spirituality. It's going to be starting January 20th. Um, We will be doing it in person in the sanctuary, but we also will have a hybrid option. So we will have an availability to um, log in or show up via zoom. Um, so don't let, you know, not feeling like you want to be in person, keep you from doing this course. Um, it is a really, really powerful course. It's a book written by a man named Pete Scazzaro and he, um, was a pastor, um, at a fairly large church in New York city for 20 some odd years and sort of the bottom began to fall out of his leadership. And he started learning that it was because his spirituality was intact, but his emotional maturity was not. And so essentially it is kind of taking this concept of, um, our emotions, our tools, um, they've been given to us by God intentionally and applying that to how that can marry really well um, with our spirituality and how important it is mm-hmm. to have both. We are not just mm-hmm. one dimensional beings. So um, don't miss that. Again, we'll be starting on January 20th. Signups are open now. You can find that on our website. Um, you can go under connect and down to groups and go to women's groups, or you can go to ministry and scroll down to Eden and you'll find it in either of those places. So we invite you to join us for that. I think that's it. That's yeah, all we have. Yeah. This was so fun. It I was loved so fun. it. We yeah. could have like really probably gone for a whole lot longer. A whole so lot we longer. really had to restrain ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, you're welcome. We hope that we, you're welcome that we cut ourselves off. Right. <laughs> like stop it, stop it. An hour and a half later. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. Anyway, um, let me pray for us. Um, Heavenly Father, first of all, we just pray that this um, podcast will be a blessing to all who hear it. I pray that you would um, use this information to open hearts and minds to just a little bit more of the intricacies of how we're made and how important it is to understand how we're made, how it is, how important it is to understand why we do what we do. And, um, ultimately above all else how important it is to invite you into that Um, we love you lord we trust you with the way we're made we trust you with what you're doing in us we trust you with the work you're doing and the work you call us to um, be exploring and to learning more about we love you so much um, and we just pray that just this experience this um, exploration honors you and that you would help us to make sure that we are honoring you in all we do and all we say. We love you, Lord. In your holy and precious name we pray. Amen. Amen.